Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Welcome, Rory. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. I'm glad you're here. I am delighted. Thank this you. This is the uh, short podcast where we talk about uh, the power of coaching, how mm-hmm. it can change people's lives. You bet. Have you had a most recent coaching uh, success story you can share with us as we start off? You know, this geeks me up to just see people progress and grow. And I was working with a client, and uh, he was a, 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 a loan manager. And he had a loan officer that was not performing up to standards. And so he started working with her. And over a six-month period of time, now she's the second highest performer in the organization. So she's gone from being the bottom of the pack to now being one of the, the, the top performers in the organization in a matter of six months. And you know she was languishing before because no one was working with her. Once he learned the coaching skills, and I also worked with him to encourage her. You know, I said, "Who's? Where's your list? Give me your list of folks. What are they producing? And how can we improve their performance?" And he gave me that list. We took it. We looked at the folks. I said, "What's your game plan for each one of them?" We then uh, pinpointed a game plan for her. He worked with her for six months, and it goes to show you what he can do when he takes the coaching skills and then improves performance. That's that's a great example. You coached him. To, coach, to her. coach her. Bingo. That's great. And that's what we should do as coaches. We should teach people how to coach. And once they learn how to do it, then they can start helping their organization have performance. So that's the, uh, the – I love those stories. It geeks me up. This is why I do this. Well, remind me to ask you that every time then because I'm sure you got a lot of those stories. Sure. But today you were going to talk about the seven steps leaders can make – Making every coaching everyone's business. Absolutely. Seven steps leaders can take to make coaching everybody's business. And, and well I love said. this process. <laughs> I love this process. Okay. And it's and it's from a book, uh, and I love this book. I'm going to grab it here real quick. And it's The Master Coach by Greg Thompson. And uh, Marshall Goldsmith is the absolute guru of coaching. And he puts in the title of the book, he says, The Master Coach Could Well Become the Definitive Book on Creating a Coaching a coaching Culture. And... Uh, and I just love Marshall, Marshall Goldsmith, and anything he writes or, or does is just absolutely terrific. Uh, so, so to see his endorsement on this book, I said, i got to grab it. So I grabbed the book, and then as I went through it, uh, this really stuck, st- struck me, and it stuck out, is the seven steps leaders can take to make coaching everyone's business. And I love that. And uh, so the first step was to strongly encourage everybody in the organization to invite another organization member to coach them. And, and it's just, you know, you, don't, you could just... You could ask your boss, you could ask somebody else, but give them the basics of coaching. You know, what's the process? Basically asking me questions so I can improve and focus on things. Because what I found with coaching with, other, with, with my clients is they can all do these things, but because they get overwhelmed with their job and their process, mm-hmm. they don't prioritize. They don't say, this is our targets. This is where we've got to go. This is where we have to hit. And then once you clarify that, and people say, oh, this is what you want me to do. It's amazing how they operate differently. Well, I love that concept because I think people get stuck into, well, I can only coach the people who work for me directly. Right. Or, or I can only – I'm not allowed to coach my peer because mm-hmm. I don't want to get that's, in their business. Right, or that's but out of bounds. But this is a culture thing right. where coaching is the culture. Right? Where, where the top of the organization says – not only can you be coached by your manager, but ask somebody else to help coach you because I'm getting more and more requests for my clients to say, can you teach us the keys of peer coaching? 
And I find that just that question alone. Yeah. Uh, and, and they do it. I don't bring it up. I don't talk about it. But they bring it up and say, can we do that? I think that would help strengthen the organization. And so I'm starting to do that with clients is actually take them through the process. This is what you do with regards to peer coaching. And, and actually what we should do is probably a podcast in the future on what are the keys to peer coaching. Peer, yeah. And, and, you know, and the steps you take and the, the boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, the integrity standpoint, you know, the confidentiality, all of those questions that arise from coaching someone uh, to do that. But I think that's that's a very, very important first step. And then the second step is to dive into the process yourself. Invite someone in the organization to coach you and insist that other senior leaders do the same. And notice the word insist is better than encourage. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's saying you've got to do it. Because if, if leaders will have other people coach them, then it makes it, it's no longer taboo, it's something that's invited. So what, who should you ask, a peer, your boss, who, who should you ask to coach? You know, obviously your coach, your, hopefully your boss is actually right. coaching your performance. Right. But reach out to someone else that, okay. will, that, that you respect, that you maybe admire their, their process. And I'll give you an example of this. We're going to talk about this on the next podcast with me personally, where I wanted to improve my sales skills in the back of the room as a speaker. And so what I did is I reached out to other speakers and said, what do you do? How do you do the process? I even wrote Brian Tracy a letter, and he sent me a great letter back of said, these are what these are the steps I take to sell in the back of the room, and he's one of the best. Yeah. So when you do that, I, I reached out to a lot of people. So if you want to become really good, reach out to somebody who's very good at the skill that you want to develop, and then ask them, could you coach me on this skill? How can I get be- How can I mirror match and model your success? Mm-hmm. Because success leaves clues, and this is a great way to improve your skill set. So that I think makes sense. that's a great question. Thank you for doing that. The third step is remind your team that everyone can coach anyone. Okay. A good coach is a good coach. Don't waste HR's time in the, in the futile pursuit of good matches. And I, I love that. Don't waste time of the futile pursuit of good mm-hmm. matches. Because HR, who knows? Right. You know, they, they can't determine who's the best match for you because they don't really know. Mm-hmm. They, first off, they got to spend time on what are your priorities, what's important to you, where do you want to go, where's your career path. And HR doesn't do that. Your boss, your manager does, but HR doesn't, nor should they be involved in that. And you need to go to people that you respect and honor and, and say, I want to mirror match and model your success. And you know what your biggest challenges are and you can look and see who can over who has overcome similar instances absolutely you know yeah. who in the organization has navigated the political minefield of the organization right i want to know what they did how do they do it what are they, how was their process right okay we are doing the top we're doing the seven and we're we got through three but we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be back with more coaching for potential with Rory Rowland. choice so one day about three weeks later we had a crisis occur in the house and the crisis is this the bathtub filled up we've got one kid clean three to go and it will not drain now our daughter had taken a bath our boys weren't clean yet we got to go to a wedding tomorrow so I, I said why not just have the boys take a bath in their sister's bath water <laughs> my sons were not excited about that I went to them hey boys what do you think they go yeah so then I go downstairs to unclog the drain. I can see the pipe coming down from the bathtub over here, going over here, and there's a big pipe over here. I know this one works. I don't know anything about plumbing as well as know about anything about making decks, right? I know nothing about any of those things. So it is a plastic pipe. I have no idea what possessed me, but I, oh, I just reach up and I start to unscrew the pipe. 
My yell wife yells from upstairs. She goes, it's draining. I mean, it's spraying out. I'm getting drenched. I'm wet. I'm soaked. I'm mad. I'm angry. I yell upstairs, hey, Teddy, give me some towels. What do you need towels for? I'm all wet. How'd you get wet? I unscrewed the pipe. That was stupid. He's been listening to How to Build High Self Esteem for three weeks. I think, oh, yeah, get upstairs. He gets this big smile on his face. He's going to use some of the information he's learned. And they love this moment, don't they? They love this He goes, Dad, you can be wet and happy. You can be wet and sad. It's your choice. For more information on booking Rory for speaking or coaching, please visit RoryRoland.com. Welcome back to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. We are reviewing the seven steps leaders can take to make coaching everyone's business. And you're referring to uh, Greg Thompson's book. Right. Absolutely. It's Greg Thompson's book, The Master Coach. It's an excellent book, and, and it's designed to help senior leaders develop a coaching culture. So every one of the coaching books takes a little bit of an angle, and mm -hmm. his angle is how to create a coaching culture, which is incredibly important because once you establish a coaching culture right. and you stick to it, it's remarkable to see the results. Um, I'll give you the – but if you don't – if you if you're not committed to it, it won't make a difference. I'll give you an example. Um, I was working with a client here mm, – God, it's been almost 10 years ago – and uh, we actually helped them get 36% loan growth the first two quarters I worked with them. So, I mean, they went from almost hardly any loan growth. Now everybody in the organization is referring people. They're, they're doing loans. People are asking them, you know, what's going on? What's the difference? And, we well, we went into a, a sales slash coaching culture. And then they changed CEOs. The new CEO was not really enamored with my skills for God knows whatever reason. <laughs> and they, you know, didn't renew the contract. I go, okay. And I never thought about going back and seeing what happened. But he wasn't committed. He wasn't committed to the coaching culture. He wasn't, that wasn't his, his process. And so not being committed to the coaching culture, they let go of me, and they didn't keep the coaching culture going. And so I looked at their financials here just recently, and guess what? Their performance now is lower than it was prior to me coming to work with them. And, and they'd went from, you know, they were about 6 or 7% uh, loan growth when I started working with them. They went to 36% when I worked with them. And then now that, you know, it's been about four or five years after I worked with them, they're actually worse than they were when they started. So Have they come back to you at all? They haven't. And, and it's because the, the, that CEO didn't see this as a value. But I'm it's like, too bad. It, it is absolutely too bad because it, it costs them a tremendous amount of money in not keeping the culture going. And so that's what Greg Thompson's point is, creating a coaching culture that will make a difference to your organization. And so I, I always thought that was fascinating <clears throat> with that organization. But Good of course, example. We, we obviously tell stories. We don't tell secrets. So I won't, I won't mention the name of the organization. Right. But, but, but obviously, this is another important key on step number four is ask people to take only one coaching assignment at a time. This will ensure that each person will receive their full attention of their coach and spread and then and will – and it will also help the coaching opportunities with the entire organization. I think this is an important key. Just you know, focus on one thing, mm -hmm. uh, the power of one thing. And I think that's that's a, an incredibly important key. And then step number five: provide the following uh, loose but important guidelines. Coaching pairs should meet in person or via, or via telephone for thirty to sixty minutes. This is lots of times for great coaching. They should do this uh, you know every two or three weeks. 
and then they should do it for about four to six months because that's enough time to develop new performance standards and to create new habits. And I think that's the important key in the process too is there needs to be a structure. When we did, when I was in an organization, we did something similar to this. Mm -hmm. We called it uh, productivity partners Mm -hmm. and we would meet every week Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and, but we'd have a specific agenda. Right. What did you accomplish this week? What did you wish you would, you know, it was very, it was very structured and it was very, right. uh, very helpful. Right. And did you, over that time frame, just from your perspective, did you see your performance improve or? Absolutely. And the most of it was, it was accountability. I knew I had to think through a little bit about my performance because I was going to have to meet with this person. Now I had to do that with my your manager, uh, my sure. manager anyway. But also it was another person, and it was another function of thinking through. That's why I think those guidelines are real important because it helps you. Um, identify what you need to improve upon. It's almost like you're coaching yourself before you even ask someone else to coach you. And this should be a podcast down the road, the the importance of peer influence in coaching. Because mm-hmm. um, that's really what happened is you were talking to a peer, and the impact they had on you might have been as much or even greater, and in my opinion, probably greater than your manager coaching right, you. Right, right. Uh, because you feel a, a tremendous amount of obligation mm-hmm. to be accountable to a person who's your peer. You That's know, right. You know, it, right. even much more so than your boss. Your boss, mm-hmm. you have to be accountable to them. But a peer, if you say, I'm going to do this, that that damages your credibility. Yes. That that damages your brand in the organization if you don't keep that promise. That's right. And so I think that's just a, that's a, a great key. Um, the sixth one is at the end of each coaching engagement, encourage people to invite a different organization member to coach them. Mm. So to change it up. Uh, yeah, because smart. Because, you, you, you know, you might have improved that skill set. You might have said, okay, I'm getting that better. And it's just like Benjamin Franklin's book. He would pick one characteristic he wanted to improve on. Well, this mm-hmm. is what you're doing here. It's almost the Benjamin Franklin approach. Right. You you pick somebody that can help coach you on a skill set you want to improve on and then pick someone else. So you can always have a, a mindset of constant and continuous improvement. And then the then the, the seventh step is equip everyone in the organization with the skills, perspectives, and approaches necessary necessary to immediately coach at a high level. And so you want to give them the basics of coaching, what so it is. So how do you do that? Uh, you know, one of the things I would do is I'd give them a copy of uh, John Whitmore's book, Coaching for Performance, okay. just so they can flip through it. Uh, another great book is, um, uh, it, oh, and, the, and the name has escaped me. It'll come to me in a moment. But he has seven questions of coaches, and it's the, it's called The Coaching Habit uh, by Michael Stenger. Mm-hmm. And if I've got his name right, I hope I've got it name right. I'm just going off in my memory. But he's got seven great questions. So just give them that book about The Coaching Habit. But just give them a simple, easy book that they can use as their foundation, or even take them through it for a couple of hours and say, mm-hmm. these are the things you can to do. But also give them some great coaching questions. Um, and, and this is an example of that that Greg Thompson did in his book, uh, The Master Coach, he asked. He had at the end of this, this segment, he basically said, ask questions that pierce through the closely held assumptions and mental models. And because you being part of the organization know the taboo things, the things you can't talk about, but you know legitimately we have to talk about them. Mm-hmm. And this gives you the opportunity to do that. I think that's a great question. Ask questions that pierce through the closely held assumptions. You know, what are those sacred cows? There's a great book a long time ago written, and the title of the book was Sacred Cows Makes the Make the Best Burgers. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just love that title. Um, constantly confront unhelpful behaviors, practices, and attitudes. And constructively confront is basically ask them, you know, is this helping you get to where you want to go? You know, was that confrontation, uh, was that helpful? Um, was, was that, 
will this behavior get you where we want to go? Will this behavior get you what you want to get? And I think that's that's a question I ask myself over right. and over and over again. Uh, like when I go to an airport and I'm and I'm flying in a plane, and or I'm fly, not flying yet, but let's say we got a snowstorm out front, mm-hmm. and I've got to reschedule for a flight. And there's a client on the other end of this flight that's expecting me to be there. Um, I learned this technique. I go to the candy store. I literally buy about ten or fifteen dollars worth of candy. I walk up to the counter, uh, and when I finally get up to the counter, I literally drop the candy on the counter. <laughs> and they go, no, 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 I don't need this. I go, you had a rough day. You might have people behind me that are having a rough day. If you don't want it, give it to them. Make somebody's day better. Just enjoy it, okay? And so what that also triggers is the law of reciprocity. When you mm-hmm. give something to someone, they want to give you something back. Right. Guess what? I can't tell you the number of times I've been upgraded to first class with nice. that technique. For nice. 15 bucks in a snowstorm, boom, right. uh, you know, they give you the available seat. And a lot of times I get a really nice one. So right. uh, just, a, just an important key with that process. And then, uh, then the other thing is share perspectives or share fresh perspectives no matter how radi- radical. So share fresh perspectives no matter how radical. And uh, and just say, could you try this, or have you tried this, or or Sam did this, or Julie did this, just to give some perspective on it. But I, uh, but also, well, he he ends with this quote and I, or this comment. He says, stand back and watch. When coaching is seen as everyone's business, it can change the entire game. I bet. And it, and it can. And so those are the seven keys. Uh, and I'll just go through them and kind of recap real yeah, quick. Yeah, re- let's do a recap. Absolutely. So number one, strongly encourage everyone in the organization to invite someone else to coach them. Dive into the process yourself. Make sure that you lead by being coached. Remind your team that everyone can coach anyone. Ask people to take on only one coaching assignment at a time. Provide the following loose but important guidelines: thirty minutes, three to two, two to three times a week, uh, or excuse me, two to three every once every two to three weeks, and then for four to six months. At the end of the coaching assignment, encourage people to invite someone else to help them. So what other skill set can you improve on? And then equip everyone in the organization with the basic skills and perspectives necessary to be a good coach. Give them some basic coaching models to follow. Let's say they wanted you to come in and help equip them to coach. <laughs> how, do pe- how would people get a hold of you? That is a great question. My uh, <laughs> website is RoyRoland.com, and they can catch my uh, information on that, and I would be delighted to help them put these coaching cultures in place. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Thanks and for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Roland. For more information and content, visit RoryRoland.com.